Attention listeners, learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. You know we'll never be 100% perfect, though you can chase it. Every piece of knowledge you add to your tool belt just makes you a more rounded person. Jamie is going to be raining value every single episode, along with the amazing guests that he has on the show. They'll be from all walks of life, from all different industries, all sharing their amazing and individual unique stories. Everyone has a story. Everyone has learnings from their experiences, and we want to share that with you. As Jamie loves to say, let's go get it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. So we're again joined by the Managing Director of Blue Rock Law, Bruce McFarlane. Thank you for being here again, Bruce. Thanks, Jamie. Um, We're going to go a little bit deeper today onto a a different topic. Uh, But Bruce, give us a bit of understanding a little bit more about Blue Rock, uh, what that is, what it isn't, what it does, how long you've been there for, how you got there, um, just for the listeners as well. Um, so I'm the managing director of the law firm at Blue Rock. So we describe ourselves as an entrepreneurial advisory firm. So we are a, a multidisciplinary professional services firm. Uh, accounting, legal, wealth management, finance, general insurance, digital. We've got about 180 people across yeah six or seven different businesses. Nice, nice. It's a, and that's what that's what drew me to you guys as well because obviously I'm a, I'm a customer and client. Um, and you know having all those different abilities to, to learn and to have knowing that you're not just the lawyer like you've got the internal capabilities of understanding the whole picture made life a lot easier um, and helped me go that way as well so we're going to go a little bit deeper into into franchising business um, things that you really specialize in uh, and a lot of experience that I have and hence why I wanted to do this is because you know, I've gone through this process and I know that this whole topic of franchising is a big one uh, it cops a lot of positive and a lot of negative at times uh, but I wanted to sort of get the expert into to sort of share with people out there, like if they're thinking of franchising, like is it for them? What to think about? Why even franchising? And if it's not franchising, what other options are there? Um, and some things and some tips and strategies to think about as well. So why don't you sort of open up with sort of some of the basic nuts and bolts and some of the things about franchising that people should think about um, and then even why, if that's what it is they're looking for. Um, yes. Yeah, so thanks, Jamie. The first thing is, why so understanding what so normally people's response to that is they want their business to grow so you know how do we grow your business um in an effective way franchising is really about two things it's about brand and system so you you need to think about those two things when we when we're getting to the detail a little bit more that those two things are the big things that we need to highlight on the way through so yeah um You've got a business at the moment. You've got some outlets, or you've got some services that you provide. You need your you want your brand to get out there totally. and to grow. Um, what's the best way to do that? So, I guess thinking about the why then, why mm. franchise? Yeah. Um, the first thing is well, because I want to grow nationally, or I want to grow internationally. Totally. Um, and the second thing is normally, and I can't do it with my current resources. Mm. So mm. often mm. the why is linked to your capital, your financial Correct. resources, yeah. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the best answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. need to think about that because there are a lot of challenges, as you've sort of highlighted at yeah, the start. Yeah. Um, prior to this, you know, crazy time that we're experiencing at the moment, you know, the banks and the franchisors were in the spotlight with the media outlets. Mm. I think mm. um, they'll be in the so the franchise franchising community in Australia is very strong. Yeah, we're one of the probably the two most heavily franchised countries in the world. Okay. Um, so Australia and New Zealand 
both have more franchisors per capita than any other countries in the world. So it's about, well, um, there was about 1,200 franchise systems in Australia. Um, there's about 3,500 in the US. Wow. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very heavily in comparison franchised. to, yeah, yeah. numbers, yeah, yeah The totally. franchise systems in the US are obviously massive yeah. Um, yeah. in lots of respects. Um, in Australia, there's a number of probably 80% of the franchise system in Australia have less than 20. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of early stage franchise systems that yeah. have got small numbers or definitely under 50. Totally. Um, and that are still growing. Yeah. That are still growing. You know, what do you see when people come to you? Because, you know, I, I know for me personally, on my experience, it was like, well, I physically can't, physically can't do it all. So it does sort of come to a, well, financially, yeah, the resources can't cover it. Physically, one person can't run 15 shops whether it might be like a, a, a retail shop or a, or a food store whatever it might look like do you see a, a certain not a mold but do you see a, a certain type of business or 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 structure that's suited for franchising or is can anything or everything be franchised in the right way shape and form i think traditionally franchising was um retail was obviously the you know the start yeah. of the mcdonald's and, correct and then the big um fast food you know um outlets in the states yeah. brought franchising to australia in the yeah. 80s yeah um now the the growth of personal services and home-based services through mm. businesses like jim's mowing and absolutely you know, now i think jim's got a number of d- different services but right through to professional services so you know there's franchise law firms there's franchise accounting yeah, I mean, firms totally um the, the, the F word was one that people didn't use <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. in lots of business models. And okay. so professionals, you know, whether they be optometrists or physios or mm, doctors mm, or mm, lawyers, mm. didn't want to be called franchise because franchising was, you know, fast food. Um, Interesting. But interestingly, it's changed that people are more accepting that it, it's just a legitimate business model. What to, do you think that to is? Expand. Just education? Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. But also the, the laws capture... There as well. So yeah. probably, you know, the first thing is that as a model, before I talk about the law, I'll talk about the yeah. franchising code of conduct in a minute, but yeah. um, as a model, it does have advantages yeah. as a franchise. So you get the person who runs the business, so has skin in the game, so they have some equity and some Correct. ownership, in, and they're in their local community. And that's a massive thing. So mm-hmm. it's been proven in Australia and globally that if the person who's, you know, whether or not they're running multiple stores, but they've got, it's their business in their local community that they'll then, you know, that they'll throw that little bit extra in. Correct. Generally. Yeah. Um, than if they didn't own it. So yeah. it's the difference between a business owner and an employee. Yes. Um, in totally. terms of their mindset That's of mindset operating, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. growing the business and, you know, that thing. So the other thing, an advantage as a, when you want to roll it out, is you don't. It doesn't cost you as much because Correct. you are relying yeah. on other people's money to roll out different to parts of scale. The, to expand yeah. and scale. Yeah. So that, that they're two of the big advantages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the disadvantages, the flip side of it is though that you are dealing with a number of independent business owners. So there's normally two types of franchisees, or we do, <laughs> loosely, there's the, the entrepreneurial one. Yeah. Um, you know who, not quite entrepreneurial enough to start their own business. They like that kind of guidance, but yeah. they're going to push you all Correct. the way through. So totally. they're going to, everything that you chain, everything that you say, they'll probably have a better way to do it. <laughs> Even though you've been doing it for a long period of time, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. they'll challenge you. Yeah. you know? um, Roger Gillespie, who started Baker's Delight, 
was very famous and um, an entrepreneur and, he, and he's had an amazing job and he talks candidly about people coming to him all the time in the Baker's Delight and saying, in my Baker's Delight, I want to sell, I don't know, Coke or pizza or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Everyone's got an idea. And he always, and he's responsible for that. He's, that's fine. You can either go to Brumby's or you can start your own business. But at Baker's Delight, <laughs> this is what we do. This is yeah. what we do. Yeah, we nice. stick to our needing and this yeah. is our system. So, yeah. so trying to get. And it's proven over how many years. That's right. So trying to get business owners to comply mm. yeah. is tough. Yeah. The flip side of it is you get a lot of people that have always been employees. And they have yeah. an employee mindset that yeah. the boss does stuff and the boss mm. pays for things. Mm. And, mm. And, and because mm. they're used to working in a big corporate where people do things for them, like Correct. whether it's a bank or an insurance yeah. company yeah. or whatever. And that's different so for the world of the entrepreneur. So true. And so getting the the buyer job person who's now got a franchise business to understand that the franchisor is not their boss and isn't going to cover them if things aren't going so well. Yeah. So there's a, so just thinking about things, yeah. that, both yeah. types of franchisees have their challenges, mm. Um, mm. which, you know, you need to adapt your model. Correct. Your model. And, and then, you know, that's also part of your, you know, when you go through the whole process of bringing on the people, it's like, who do you want? You know, who do you want in your business? Who's going to be an asset? Maybe someone like that could be a good franchisee. It depends on your business. Uh, the entrepreneur, which is, I think, what the name they've called now, is someone who's a bit out there, wants to try and do their own thing, but isn't really going to go out and do it. They call them a little entrepreneur. If that's the person, then how do they fit into the role? Or how do they understand? When they're, they're, there's some really key things to think about as well. What are the tips and strategies do you have from, and like you said, the, the, the code of conduct? Um, you know, what's some cool and, and some key things to think about and to understand if you're thinking of getting into franchising? Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about compliance. So, totally. Um, so in Australia, um, we have the Franchising Code of Conduct. We are probably one of the most regulated business communities in the world. Um, the United States has franchising laws in 13 different states and they're all different. <laughs> in Australia, we have yeah. one code. Um, there's been a couple of times over the last 15 years where different states have looked at bringing in state-based legislation okay. as well. And so there are things in place that affect franchising on a state basis. Okay. Um, but 1997, the code came into play um, after there was a, a, a voluntary code in New Zealand. There's a voluntary code. Uh, in Australia, we had a voluntary code. Yep. And in 1997, there became a mandatory yep. code. Okay. So if you're a franchise um, and you meet the test, then you have to comply with the Franchising Code of Conduct. So the test very in a really sort of rough and ready way is there's an agreement, um, there's a use of a IP, yep. so a trademark, um, there's a business system or marketing plan controlled or suggested by the franchisor, and there's fees other than just for a good or a service yep. um, at a wholesale yep. value. Yep. So four things, um, two of them are pretty, there's an agreement, doesn't have to be in writing, so that's a pretty easy one to tick off. Um, the use of the brand or the IP, that's normally pretty easy. You're using it or you're not using it, yep. so that's pretty easy. The, the third and the fourth one that are the two that are, there's a little bit grey, um, where there's a the marketing plan or the system, yep. and the other one is the fees. fees. So with the system, 
Um, this is one where there's quite a bit of case law, so the courts have had to look at this a few times as to what a system is. If you tell someone to wear a uniform, is that a system? If you, you know, if you show them, if you get some computer software where they have to do their ordering, is that a system? Probably not on its own, but if, when you add it to a number of the different entire, things, yeah. it's a system. Mm. Um, so you need to. So this is one. You know, your business, other totally. businesses need to think about whether or not there is a system in place and whether you actually care. Whether all, if all you care about is saying, I'm going to provide you with a product, you're going to use my brand, knock yourself you out. Go hard, <laughs> knock yourself you out. Yeah. 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 So okay. all business. Mm, so mm, just thinking about mm, that, mm. back to brand and system, but and then the fee. So um, I'll use a, a, an example that that was a client of mine a while ago, but Metcash, so IGA. So yep. Metcash is the warehouse, IGA, yep. independent grocers are the supermarkets that run it. So they had a, a legal ruling that they're not a franchise. Um, they don't charge any fees. So they provide, they supply products. That's all. So you buy, so the IGA supermarket down the road, the friendly grocer, he buys his products from Metcash. Yep. They provide him with, the products um, at a price, that's it. He doesn't pay a marketing level, he doesn't pay royalties, he doesn't pay an upfront fee to buy in, yeah, anything yeah. like that. So it's not a franchise in the strict definition. Um, they have some states that operate under the code because yep. they've kind of elected to get into it, okay. to the franchising yep. code. Um, so the store owner is responsible for pretty much running the store, managing the store. They don't really have the systems and processes from... Metcash, no, no. So that so traditionally, that's how they've operated. Mm. In the past, before we had codes and stuff, there was a lots of retail groups um, that were buying groups where all the retailers got together. They had a common brand and they all just operated their own business yeah. under a common brand. Okay, and they bought and they got discounts on their products. Yeah, nice. So okay. that makes um, sense. Yeah, cool. So there's a lot of different, you know, um, co-ops, mm. buying groups, mm. all these mm. different things that aren't really in in the sort of the usual way of setting up Correct. groups now, but were in the 80s and 90s. Well, it was smart to get that buying power yep. when you were sort of just coming off the ground. Um, you know, if you were thinking, like, if you're like, and I want to make sure that we can sort of cover both, you know, if you want to become a franchisor or if you're actually thinking of buying a franchise, so if you want to become a franchisee. But for, from a franchisor's perspective, like, what are some things to actually think about? Like, you gave that the test, the four, the four keys, but what are some other things that a business is like, I think franchising is for me, What's it to think about? So I'll talk about compliance again. Yeah. So um, if you're going to set up a franchise system, you need to provide, uh, prepare a disclosure document. So you need a franchise agreement, mm -hmm. you need a disclosure document, you need an operations manual. So you need three documents. Yeah. Um, can you draft it them yourself? Probably. Uh, will you do a good job? Will you can be compliance with the law? Probably not. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's a yeah. cost yeah. of setting yourself up as a franchise system. So, you know, I think about your franchise system, there's legal requirements um, that you need to comply with the code. You need to draft those three documents. Um, you need to provide the disclosure document to all your franchisees before they sign. Um, you need to have your operations manual available for all your franchisees. Yeah. So there's the, the cost of setting it up and then there's the cost of maintaining it and continuing with your ongoing compliance. So if there's a material, it's not like you're a listed company and you need to make a disclosure to the market. But if there's a material change in your business, you need to disclose it to your franchisees Correct. as a network. So yeah. thinking about the legal side of things, the operational side of things, you know, you need to, you, you have to have your ops manual, but 
your systems and your point of sale or whatever the systems that you use, you need to be consistent across yep. the network. Yep. Um, training and all that. Training, yep. So there's a whole process for most franchisors to set up before they even start about recruitment, yep. which is the key. Yep. Probably the two biggest issues in franchising are access to finance and, and quality franchisees. Mm. So, yeah. um, you know, those two things are often linked, you know, in some ways in a bad way. But you might have the best person ever and th- this person is going to, we think, is going to make the best franchisee in my business. They just can't get any money. Correct. So they can't buy in. Mm. And depending mm. on, you know, we'll get into detail about franchise systems, but, you know, that how... You know, your recruitment process, your induction process, how you train those people um, on the way through, you need that all in place at the start. To be thinking about that too. Yep. And the, I guess the last one is how to exit people out of the system. So Mm. they're not employees. Correct. Um, So when they're employees, you know, you you need to performance manage them out if they're not working um, or make them redundant if the business is not going so well. In you can't do that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you've got a franchisee. They've signed a legally binding contract with you. You've got obligations under the code and contractually with them yeah. that you need to comply with. Mm. So do they. Yeah. Um, but you can't just turn around and say, I don't like you're you done. anymore. You're out of here. Um, so there's also <laughs> yeah, yeah, all these totally. requirements yeah, around, yeah. you know, um, mediation. Correct. Um, dispute resolution processes mm. mandated in the code mm. that means that it's not that easy. So... If that's not for you, <laughs> don't go in the maybe, maybe, maybe you know, understand what they are. Correct. Um, before you decide to be a franchisor, because you know, it's a very different mindset from just being someone's boss. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, like you said, there, when it comes to the whole recruitment stage of franchisees, like that's, I think that's where the, a lot of the hard work's done. Like if you get the right people in, and then they follow the guidelines, you won't really have, in my experience, too many challenges. Like shit's going to happen, which you got to be able to pivot for. But if you know if you get the right people, then I think that's going to be you know whether how, how will determine how long and how far you go and what sort of sustainability you have. Yeah, but I think business in general is about people. So I think uh, you know correct. Yeah. Um, you know Richard Branson talks a lot about the three stakeholders in a business and you know your people, your clients, and your investors. Yeah. And you know we talk about that at Blue Rock a lot. Mm. It's, it's it's in that order. Correct. We're a people focused business. Yeah. Franchising is exactly the same. same thing. It's getting the right people, partners yeah. in your yeah. business, um, and how you treat them going forward, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's no different. It's just the requirements are different. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's just a different label you put on it, but you're still doing the exact same things. Yeah. Uh, the same way to look after and help them grow. Same way you look after an employee to help them grow and evolve through the process, you do it with a franchise partner. Help yeah. them grow and grow their business to, to become more successful. So I think there are, I'm just going to touch on it because you, you yeah. talked about franchisees. So we've, yeah. we've been quite franchisor focused yeah, at the definitely. moment. Yeah, but I'll, yeah. I'll jump to franchisees mm. here. Mm. The mm. code is set up to protect franchisees generally. So okay. so if you're a franchisor, you know you've got to you've got to comply with the disclosure requirements. You can't make you know misrepresentations. You need to provide them a disclosure document, the manual. You need to you can't exit them easily. They're all things in place to assist franchisees in making a decision as to whether to buy a franchise. So if you're an entrepreneur or a potential entrepreneur, you can say, I can start my own business over here and I've got to do everything myself. I've got to think about the brand, I've got to find the site, I've got to... Legal accounting. I've got to do everything. Yeah. So it's... Got to market it, got to sell it. Got to market it, got to sell it, got to invest, have Mm. working capital to be able to deal with that. Mm. 
Or I could buy a franchise. So if I buy a franchise, a lot of that's already been done for me. What I have to do then is find my customers in my local area. But I've already got a a brand that they should know. And if they don't know, someone's spending money to promote the brand that's their money as well as my money. So you've got to think about that. As a franchisee... Step Step one, step two, step three. Yeah, someone's done it before you. They've they've already gone down this path. Now, if you're buying a franchise from a franchisee's point of view, think about that. I'd be talking to other franchisees to make sure that what are the the, the system correct and the brand yeah. back to yeah. those two points. Yeah. Uh, How's strong. it stacking up? How's yeah. it stacking up? Correct. What's the difference? So, yeah. And again, look, like you said, like what we've experienced is like what one thing says on paper could be completely different to what actually happens in the real world. And it was actually funny that our franchisee, he was like, you know, you've actually thought about everything, and yeah. he said some of the stuff that you've put in here, like based on the work that we've done, he said doesn't even probably won't ever ever happen but I'm glad that you've got it in here just in case it does and you're better off coming from that, stand, you know, that standpoint because then like you said franchisees will talk to potential franchisees and if one franchisee says hey you know what they haven't got this or they haven't got that and they haven't thought of this I don't know I, I probably wouldn't do it all of a sudden you might be losing out yes. on potential franchisees I think that's right so whether or not you go to start a business or whether you're going to buy a franchise or whether you're going to buy a franchise system, you should do due diligence. Absolutely. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it means yeah, getting a real under- due diligence is getting a real understanding of what the business involves. So, you know, we talk about um, there's legal due diligence, so understanding the business structures that are in place. There's financial due diligence, which is, you know, understanding the numbers, what it's going to cost you to set up this business or buy this business. And then there's operational due diligence. So understanding what are the key industry requirements for this business? What are the, you know, the, what are the sticking points? You know, so whether or not you're going to open your own cafe or whether you're going to open a whatever, Baker's Delight I mentioned yeah. before or a McDonald's yeah. or what, what you're going to do is looking at do, doing your due diligence on Correct. all those three areas first. Yeah, yeah. And what and again, in that industry as well. Um, for a franchise, go back to the franchisors, or potential franchise, or like what sort of things make a business franchisable? That's even a word. Um, I think back to system brand. So, have you got a, a brand? Has it been protected? Yeah. So, have you got a trademark? Yeah. For your logo. Yeah. Or um, so you need you need a brand that you can that you can fight for. So one of one of my clients um, over for a long period of time is Boost Juice, and yep. so Janine Ellis. Um, I worked with her um, her business a while ago, and they she's been very good at building a brand. Absolutely, um, as good as anyone in history in recent Australia, Australian history, yeah, in absolutely. recent Australian history of building a brand mm. from scratch Agreed. to have a brand recognition of yeah. you know when they measure it. I think it's like ninety five percent or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's really high. That's so that's so incredible. She, um, you know, Janine's built a really strong personal brand, particularly more recently with Survivor and, yeah, totally. and Shark Tank and yeah. things like that. But, it, you know, when she started that business, it was about building the brand and protecting the brand. Yeah. And so, you know, so think about, you know, have you have you got a brand that you're prepared to fight for? So, you know, Boost Juice were in litigation protecting their mm. brand because there was mm. a lot of copycats. Mm. They acquired other businesses um, Viva Juice was one mm, that you mm. may remember, yep. Simon McNamara's yep. business. Yep. Um, yep. So there, yeah, there's definitely. other businesses. So you might need to take <laughs> take out a Correct. competitor yeah. to build your brand. You Correct. need to protect your brand, copycats. Well, if you're going to play, you want to you want to go the whole way. If you're going to go in that path of franchising and you're going to have franchisees, you're not going to want to have them 
here and then someone else next door with the exact same thing. Yeah. If you're going to go down this path, like from what even what my mindset is, is if I'm going to do it, like it's become the industry leader. So protect your brand, fight for your brand, yeah. build your brand. Yeah. Okay. Systems. So, you, you know, you talked about your system, but yeah. you know, you need to replicate everything. You need to think that someone is going to come into my business. It, it can't be in my head. Correct. It needs to be <laughs> yeah. documented yeah. online yeah. in a system yeah. that people step is one, easy to follow. Yeah. Every different yeah. process within your business. Correct. Because that's why people are paying you to buy into this system because they can replicate what you're doing. They don't have, have to, to worry about it. They yeah. don't have to go figure it out themselves. And yeah. you know, the three, five, ten years of you know, failures that a normal franchisor would go through to then say, here, well, this is the system. So a franchisor can come in from day one and get it right. I always look at Maccas. My, I mean, you know, for me personally, the way I thought it was, you know, Maccas have 18-year-olds managing it and 15-year-olds making burgers. How do they do that? Well, they've got to have some pretty serious, pretty seriously clear-cut operations. Yeah. There's so, obviously a little bit more to it. I get it. But you go into a Macca's store and it's pretty much young no, people. No, but that's, McDonald's are the benchmark. So, you know... Totally. That, so, in, in replicating process to ensure that, you know, unskilled workers can do it successfully totally. and profitably, yeah. Um, yeah. it's good. The, the thing is that there are alternatives to franchising. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, people can... D- you can have a license agreement and lots of systems they'll call it a license okay. a license is normally just about using the brand and there's not normally a system okay. so you don't have to comply with the code so license is just the yep. branding but not the yep. the systems yeah generally yep. it's a pretty fine line <laughs> between licensing and franchising yep. so um, yeah that's that's one thing the um, I guess the other one is what's you know, a joint venture model. Mm. So a joint venture model might, you know, it's it's a, not a technical legal use of the <laughs> word joint venture, but, you know, going into a business with someone. Yeah. So, okay. you know, instead of, um, you know, operating a company-owned store, um, so that's another model, was a company-owned store model, mm. was just rolling them out. Yeah, totally. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, a joint venture is where someone has equity in the other, in the location. So someone might come in, well, I own 100% of this one, the original store, but me and you're going to go 50-50 on the second store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it might be giving the manager 20% or something like that. Um, what it looks like. Yeah. And then you think about, well, it still might be a franchise as well. So you might you need to think about, mm. uh, we have brand and we have system, but in a joint venture, you know, like it's a, you're setting up a new company, Correct. for example. Yeah. You have a shareholders agreement that mm. governs the mm. relationship mm. between you and the guy that's going to run it. Um, so there's definitely a lot of different parts. Like franchising isn't the only way to grow and scale your business. Yeah. And then there's like supply arrangements, distribution arrangements where you're yep. providing just a particular product yep. rather than a whole business. Yeah. You know, and, and some of those. Yeah. I, I think it's this is good for people to know because I remember when we had our first few conversations, this was exactly the sort of similar conversation we had where it was like, well, is why franchising is it for you? And have you thought about license JV? or company-owned, rolling that company-owned. Uh, and then we obviously went down the path of franchising. Uh, but licensing for us was very close as well. But we chose obviously to do the franchising. But this is good for people to listen because in their head, I think people just think, I want a franchise. It's, I, I don't know, maybe like I said, it's sort of shifted. It's almost like, not so much that it's cool, but it's like, I own a franchise or I'm a franchise or a franchisee. Whereas maybe you don't have to be to get the same sort of scale and growth if that's what you're ultimately after. Like if you're after growing nationally or globally, then you don't need to technically have a franchise. You could be a license or in, in license agreement or a JV model. Um, 
buying a franchise. Let's go back to the franchisees. Buying a franchise, what to look for. What's the process? Um, so mentioned before due diligence. Yeah. So just I really understand your own skill sets and yep. what your, you know, what are your, what things do you want to do and what are the things that you're weak on? Yeah. So okay. going, okay, well, I'm, you know, again, if I was entrepreneurial, I could go and start a business and I'd have to do everything. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to start a franchise, maybe I don't have to worry so much about marketing or maybe mm, they've got, mm, you know, mm. financial, um, you know, some franchise systems have bookkeepers or yep. financial reporting that it's it's quite easy it's for done, you. It's, it's done for yeah, you. Yeah. So a high percentage of it is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you're just thinking about how that play, you know, what, what are your skills? Yeah. What do you want to do? What are you good at? Yeah. You know, um, being really, maybe getting someone else to tell you that. Correct, exactly right. <laughs> but it depends on how good at you know. Can you look in the mirror and say, this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm not good at? Yeah. And and that's a realistic assessment. Having that honest conversation with yourself. Yeah. Understanding your financial capabilities. Mm. You, know, you know, can I, where can I access money um, and how how long can I run a business for Yeah. Um, yeah. like that? So, you know, there's no point saying I'm going to buy McDonald's. We use yeah. McDonald's a couple of times yeah. here. It's a lot of money to buy McDonald's. Totally. So you got a million bucks, you know. That's a starting point. Yeah. You know, you might need it to open a McDonald's. So let's think about what's my realistic price range. Not, you know, oh yeah, I've got $200,000 in the bank. Um, I'll go and spend $200,000 to buy a business. Because you're going to remember you need working capital. Totally. So yeah. it's not just about... That's so, just to open the doors. Yeah. Not even for the first month. <laughs> that's right. So just really understanding mm. your financial mm. capabilities and... Um, and access to capital. Yep. So if things, you know, go bad, yeah. where, you know, can I get money from somewhere else? Correct. In those times. And then what, what's the business's structure around that? Yeah. How yeah. does the business, the franchisor, and what does that play into you as a franchisee? Like, where do they come into it? How do you grow through that together if that's a thing that they have yep. in place? You know? Um, cool. So I think that's right. And then there's, how do you do it? Like, you mm. know, there's, there's um, inside franchise business. There's seek for business. Where oh, there's yeah. where, you know there's business brokers that advertise and market different okay. systems. Yeah. And so once you've decided that you want to buy a franchise because you like the, the you know the support the that idea you're going to get, yeah. you know, then it's find the one that you think suits for you. Obviously, if you've got a passion for a product or totally. a service or an industry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or an industry, yeah. think about that. You know, mm. you're right into personal fitness, you know, maybe let's have a look at the different fitness um, opportunities that you've yeah. got. So yeah. so then that, once you've chosen one or two and you're yeah. looking at it, back to due diligence, yeah. think about, you know, get some, if you're not that strong or you haven't run a business before, Get someone, an accountant, yeah. <laughs> or to run the numbers for you. Okay. So to really look at you, you know, to ensure you've got enough cash. For a franchisee prior to purchase, would you suggest that they get in touch with a lawyer as well? I think so. So I think, you know, to review I, everything as a lawyer, you of you course. think it's uh, uh, it's you know, there's a debate about whether it should be mandatory that everyone gets legal advice before they buy a franchise. Okay. You know, this is the last round of. Um, the last the franchising inquiry that was yeah. looked at yeah. um, and it's still in, in, under consideration probably not the biggest priority at totally. the moment yeah. but it, yeah. it's a consideration whether or not the, the, the Franchise Council of Australia has um, made a submission to the franchising inquiry that all franchisees should be made to get legal advice before they sign a franchise agreement um, the other one is business advice or financial advice and I, I think to the franchisee that, yeah. yeah so before you buy a franchise you know um, 
there should be a requirement, <laughs> in my view, that people do speak to someone. Correct. Because what happens is that people don't speak to people um, and then they buy it and they don't understand either their legal obligations mm. or their mm. financial... And it impacts both parties, though. Totally. It impacts definitely the franchisee because they're going through some sort of financial struggle if that occurs, but then the franchisor now has a franchisee that can't operate. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever scheme and you know whatever level it gets to uh, if they have problems. And you know, I actually 100% agree. But then who would hold them accountable for that? Well... Well, they would need to sign like a document and say, No, no, hey, that's I right. Got- so you're back at your franchise agreement. Yeah. There's a, a form that says, I... Um, you know, I did get legal advice or I had the yeah. opportunity to get legal yeah. advice and yeah. you can tick one or the That's other. Right. I remember that. Just yeah. take that yeah. out. You just yeah. have to tick. I have, yeah. I have got legal advice. If you sign a mortgage document, your bank, say, ask you to go, if, you know, if you're guaranteeing a mortgage, yeah, a home correct. loan, your bank has a certificate in there. Now, there's a lot of documents in there, but <laughs> yeah, there are. a certificate that says, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I've got legal advice. I understand what's going on. That's what I'm myself into. Banks got yeah. sued. Yeah, <laughs> so true. By guarantors. Did, yeah, banks yeah. didn't, by guarantors that didn't understand yeah, what they were signing. Yeah, yeah. So I think those two things, you know, once you've done all the, the commercial stuff, you know, yeah. and the, the passion stuff is, yeah. you know, legal and accounting advice, I think is really important. So we just were covering off, you know, a little bit more about franchisees and, and what it takes to, and what the steps are, and what do we look for getting into franchising, um, if you're looking at buying one. But what about for a franchisor? They've decided, they've, they've figured out their why, like they know it's for them, they've passed that test, uh, the four keys, whether it's the uh, the agreement, the IP, the systems, and the fees, they've gone through that. What's the steps to actually saying, okay, cool, I'm here. What's step one, two, three onwards? Uh, so, yeah, once they've decided to go ahead, then we really need to think about what's the legal structure, firstly, yeah. um, that you need to set up. Um, so, talking about what, it, you know, do I need a company? Do I need multiple companies? Do I need... Um, how do I protect my personal assets compared to my business assets? But let's leave the personal stuff aside. Um, in setting up a franchise system, it's quite common to think about the operational stuff where there's risk yep. compared to where the assets. So if your trademark becomes your number one asset, you'd like normally put that in one entity yep. and license the use of the trademark across to another entity that becomes the franchisor. Yep. Um, yep. Franchisors do have a tendency to get sued at some point during their lifetime. It's expected. Um, yeah, somewhere along the path. So, And the other one is think about your, if you are a, a retail-based franchise is mm. where the leases are held. Yep. Um, so think about that. And then finally, are you going to operate businesses yourself compared to the ones that you franchise? So you, know, you can run all of this in one company. Totally. You can have your trademark in there. You can run your stores in there. You can run your... Everything, Assets, everything, everything, everything in there, and, and and you might be fine. Yeah, and it might save you compliance costs. You won't have had to set up multiple companies, companies and yeah. trusts yeah. Um, yeah. up yeah. front, and you won't have had to put in you know annual returns for them and all of that stuff. Um, down the track, though, and probably best practice is you do have different entities that yeah. do different things. Yeah, um, more for the protection side of things. More for protection. Yeah. So we, we, yeah. So first thing is. Um, you've got your structure set up, and what? How does it? What does it look like? Yep. And then now, then we need our documents. So, yep. like focusing probably firstly just on the franchise agreement, and mainly, um, you know, let's think about some of the key parts of that. You need to 
once you've got the legal stuff, your, your financial stuff as well. So I'll jump straight into a bit of fees. Totally. How yeah. am I going to charge? How am I going to make money out <laughs> yeah. of this? Yeah. So yeah. one of the mindset shifts that's happened in, in franchising um, over the last sort of two or three years with all of the inquiries and the like is um, shifting from more of a master-servant type arrangement mm, to yeah. a, a business partnership. Yeah. You know? Most people refer to their franchisees as their franchise partners. or so we do. You know, yeah. So yeah. things like that. It's a, yeah. mind shift, a mindset shift yeah. um, as to how you're dealing with them. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, you know, then... So there's that, but then you think about okay. So how are we both going to make money? Correct. So it's, it's fundamental <clears throat> that you that you've done the financial analysis and and the modelling that the franchisees and the franchisor are going to make money. Correct. If your franchisees aren't making any money and you're turning <laughs> yeah, them over yeah. all the time, yeah. one, you're going to struggle to sell them pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and two, you're going to go broke because you're as a franchisor. You know, so when you, most people, when they're setting up a business, they'll do the financial modeling for themselves yeah. and go, you know, if I make 8% here or 6% or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. it's all good. But you've got to make sure that the franchisee who's paying the 8% or the 6% <laughs> has the 8% to give you. <laughs> can, because it normally comes out of revenue rather than totally. profit. Yeah. So it's yeah. a fundamental thing when setting up your fee structure is where, where does the franchisee pay the franchisor? So... They're going to pay them normally for products or services that they provide. Often they'll pay fees for either fixed fee or a percentage of turnover, not yeah. profit, yeah. for the services mm, and, mm. and fees. So there might be an upfront payment, there might be purchase of assets or a fit out yeah. that the franchisor manages. There's yeah. a number of different ways mm, that mm. the franchisor can charge the franchisee. And the franchisor has, has full flexibility with that like they can choose what they want to add what they don't want to have in there like what fees are included what fees aren't included yep, yep. obviously it's, it's disclosed and it's all stated but you can choose as a franchise or I want to be able to be in control of that or I take a percentage of this and not that like they have the ability to do yep. that so when you're setting up your system um, you can do whatever you like There's not, in terms of well, you, if you're getting rebates you've got to disclose it of and course. You disclose your document yeah. but generally you can set up your model how you like but it's just okay. really important that Good. you've Talk to your accountant and mm. understand that it's financially viable for the franchisee so as well as for you. So there's not one way. No. No. Good. So okay. That's what I'm trying to get across is that people understand it's all, not this way. Yeah. It's, all systems are done slightly differently. Yeah. You know, the 7-Eleven model, which came under a lot of scrutiny because of some um, underpayment of wages in at franchisee level, okay. they, they have a very different model where the franchisor takes, I think, 64% or something because they manage all of the, the business and the, the franchisee is just dealing with the staff. Some businesses, so there's not like a standard, it's 3%, it's 5%, it's 10%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it varies. And 7-Eleven a lot more hands-on, so it makes sense that yeah. they're at a higher percentage. Got it. So think about you know the upfront fee, the royalties, um, whatever assets, some training fees, some recruitment mm-hmm. fees. Are you doing the recruitment? You know What are you doing? Marketing yeah. You know, is there a marketing fund? The, the code requires that if you set up an, a fund, the money needs to kept, be kept separate from the royalties. Yep. And so if you're charging people a percentage of their turnover or a fixed amount for marketing, the money is separate and there's sort of there's requirements around how as it's in spent. Like, like separate s- bank accounts. Yeah, as in so stored separately. Yep. Yep, okay. Um, that's, you know, so that's wasn't always in place under the code, but it's been in there for some time now. Um because the marketing fund 
is loose. It's, it's not legally held on trust for the franchisees. They don't get it back, but it's it's um it is the money. It's the collective money that's used. Um, so there's there are issues around that. But of if course. you if, if you leave, you don't get your marketing funding money money back. Back, yeah, totally, totally. Um, cool. What else? What else do people need to think about? You you touched on the structure, the fees, the marketing, or the, the with marketing inside that. Yeah. Um, what else? What about IP and brand? Yeah. So you. The the franchisor needs to ensure that their trademark is is registered. So yeah. protect their brand. Yeah. Um, go through that trademark registration process. Yeah. Um, ensure that they can use the name. And that's that they, all an online thing. You just do it online, yeah, or is that more I of an in person? Uh, no, no, it's online. IP Australia. Um, some a lot of people set up their you know register trademarks themselves. Yeah. Um, and you can do it online, yeah. and it's possible. Um, trademarking as a from a legal point of view is about 90% not that hard, 10% really hard. Yeah, uh, that, yeah it's black or white. There's yeah, nothing well, in, yeah. well the, the tr- you know, have you infringed someone else's trademark? You know, are you a label? Are you, can you actually register the trademark for your brand? And then within your brand, so I used Boost yep. as an example before, they've got about 500 trademarks globally because they've registered trademarks on all different smoothie variations wow. names of their smoothies colours you know, color, all, all sorts of stuff Yeah, not so much the colours of the smoothies but yeah different stuff so you know once you protect, start protecting wow. things so it stops copycats just yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to make you know again if you're going to do it do it properly yeah if you're going to go for it go for it properly yeah so um, just having brand guidelines you know yes. understanding yeah. how people are using the brand when they're promoting their business as a yeah. franchisee so being really yeah. clear about and how you're going to protect the brand. If, if the franchisee becomes aware of someone that's infringing your trademark, mm. ensuring that you're um, working with them and Correct. stopping the competitor any future infringing yeah, your trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so brand's important. Yeah, okay. Um, what about, like, I'm, I'm just going to this, this list that we even went through, you know, look, general obligations from a from a franchise, franchisor's standpoint. Yeah, so back to, we talked about system earlier, mm. but... It's mm. really important that you document your system, yeah. and ideally, it's all online. Yeah. And so, you know, in so the, having a hard copy and the soft copy. Yeah. In the it depends on the system. Now, you probably don't need the hard copy mm. so much, but in mm. the past, people used to have a an operations manual folder. Yeah. yeah. Handed it yeah. over <laughs> at the start. Yeah, go read this. You know, that's, <laughs> that is the IP. It's the mm. secret herbs and spices mm. of the business <laughs> are in that. Absolutely. Now it's all online, so yeah. there's yeah. platforms available to do that. To host that. What yeah. are your policies? How do you deal with you know things like Impl- recruitment by the franchisee of their staff or how do you yeah, do yeah. induction for them you you want to ensure that every person that they employ um, is trained in the system the way you'd like it so sorry I'm just... oh go, go for it yeah grab some water here <coughs> get a cough yeah, yeah right um, yeah so all of that business processes pricing yeah you know you're yeah. subject to competition law yeah so you okay. can't you know you, you, need to, you can't set minimum prices so, but you'd like yeah. to have recommended mm. prices across totally. your system. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I think one thing to you know go back on what I sort of said earlier when you know our my mindset was if I was a franchisee, what questions would I have and what would I like to receive? Like, what information would I want? And that's how I honestly built all of the information and the and the ma- training and the manuals and you know the p- policies and procedures, like all OHS stuff taken care of. Like, if you were to go to a location, what sort of questions would they ask of you? And then do you have the doc? Because the worst thing you want if you're trying to help a franchisee build is have them sort of, 
go out there, promote the business, in my case, and then not have them have all the tools and capabilities to want to sell it, get the deal done, get the process across the line, um, which is really important as well. And I think those documents, you know, one little tip for those out there who are wanting to franchise, get ahead of the game now and start documenting as much as possible. Yeah, that was my slow point from when I first said, hey, I want a franchise. And then I was like, and then both yourself came to me and said, well, show us what you've got. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything. It's all in my head. So it was like, okay, cool. Let's get it all on paper. That was the delay that I had. So if, if you're listening, you're like, I, I know franchising's for me. Get ahead of the game now and start, even if it's just a basic word document. Yeah, and that's right. And and again, as an entrepreneur, knowing your skill set. And so, you know, some people documenting process is their worst nightmare. It's tough. I can take it out and pull my hand up. That was tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, think about it and go, well, who who's available within the business and outside of the business to help me to, to do that? that. So yeah. it's not normally the lawyer. Like, I, you know, some lawyers may draft um, operations manual. Correct. I think it's really not. It's an operations person. Totally. You know? Yeah. So yeah. someone who's done it before. Correct. <laughs> whether they've got a template or not or whether you just voice record it and send it to them or, or get yeah. it transcribed or... Because I know Mila. That's honestly what I did. I just spoke to like... honestly recorded it. I'm just like, this is what I do. Because for me to type just doesn't connect. Yeah. But I spoke, got it transcribed and then all of a sudden I had the whole thing written out. I just made it take out all the arms and R's and stuff like that and all of a sudden I had the key points. Then I sent it off to get properly produced and look pretty in, in a nice ops manual and ops document as well. Um, what about location and sites? Things to think about from a franchisor. Yeah, it's really important. So just when you take a step back and think, what what's my business model? Um, and how important is it that a franchisee has either a defined geographic location or area? You know, is it a particular site? Is it all of Mornington mm. Peninsula? Correct. Is it, what, what is it? Yeah. Um, Back to the numbers, when you do this analysis, you need to look at the, the demographic analysis. Yeah. So yeah. there are companies that do that for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but also the financial. How many people, like who, who are the customers? Correct. How many of these customers do I need to have a viable business? And where do they live? And so, you know, just... What's the capacity of them in, like in an area? Like how much yeah. space do I need to take up to get those numbers and meet those numbers yeah could you do it in one suburb or do you need 10 suburbs and that's right and you know with today how does online fit into all this yeah so you need to think about the customer yeah good point at the moment Mm. think about you know the customer how many customers do i need to make my business successful if it was just me yeah and so then replicate that around and and then online if you you are a retail business and you're providing um, retail products, physical products, can those products be purchased online? And does the franchisee get to a percentage, or a percentage of it if they're purchased from their area or whatever it is? Or, you know, how did, and so all, you know, if it's a food based business compared to a products based business or a service based business, you know, it was back in the day, it was where the, fo- you know, the first thing was centralized phone numbers. Correct. You know, yeah. and directing yeah. calls. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that area. a few franchisors yeah. got themselves in trouble because they were directing more call because the the telecommunication systems didn't match their 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 areas yeah. that they yeah. mapped, and so some people were getting more calls than others, wow. despite paying the same amount for two different yeah. joint regions. Yeah, yeah. There you so, go. See? so you need to yeah, think yeah. about yeah. how you know if you're marketing the brand nationally, 
how are the leads coming in and how you distribute, how you distribute them between your franchisees? And so, do you have to have territories? No, no, you no. Don't. no. There's no rules around territories, and so you don't have to have them. But if people, you know, if it's a service-based one, you know, if you're mowing lawns or cleaning houses, mm-hmm. you know, often it is territory-based. Yeah. Um, but some things like have marketing areas, like car dealerships, you know, they 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 have territories, and so they can't market in those territories, you know, where I live on the Mornington Peninsula, if you're the Mornington Mazda dealer, you yep. can't market into Mount Eliza because that's part of the Frankston yeah, dealer's yeah, territory. Yeah, yeah. And so you can sell, I, you know, I can buy my car from Mornington Mazda. If you just drive in there. I just walk in, walk in, there, in yeah. off the street. Yeah. But they can't put it, you know, market to me. Like a social in, media ad or something. Yep. Through social media or through the newspaper yeah, or yeah. through flyers in your yep. letterbox or, yep. you know, however you yep. do it. We go back to old school yeah. way, <laughs> which still which is still effective as well. Well, st- well it's, people still do it. Yeah. Well, it's because you're not, no one's used to it. If you get something, that le- I, I get letters like written to me. I was like, wow, this is so cool. You know, you're not used to that sort of stuff. So, um, if you're looking for a, a cool little tactic there to keep your your customers engaged, there you go. Do some old school mail. Um, what about you know thinking about long term? Do you, you know, like the last one? The end of agreement. Whether you actually wanted to exit a franchisee or even yourself wanting to exit the franchise business entity what does that entail and, and, and is that something to think about from the start or you sort of just roll with it well there's a couple of parts that you sort of the first bit is thinking about the term of the agreement and so do I have a five year agreement with an option for a further five years yeah which is yeah. quite common and yeah. the reason it's common is because retail leasing laws have five year term, okay, there you go. terms yeah. and so yeah. it just flows you know if you're a retail Provider, you can get a five-year lease term. Yep. Um, so that makes sense. Your, your franchise agreement matches your lease. Term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes if, you're, life if, easy. You, mm. if you're doing a, a home cleaning business um, or your business, it doesn't really matter. No. So, do you need to give someone five years? No. But if you're charging them an upfront fee, they want a return on investment. You got to work out. It might take a bit of time. Know, if it's yeah. three years, it's probably too short. Mm. They also want something to sell. So you're franchisee. Mm. So mm. you mm. need to mm. think about it. And that's why some of them went the other extreme and said, I'll give you 10 years or 20 years. You know? Well, that's a long time. <laughs> so and obviously, if, and for the listeners, a franchisee can sell at any time. Yeah. Um, so there's requirements under the code that if they would like to transfer their franchise, that yep. they have um, they have to go to the franchise or and yep. say, I've found a franchise, new franchisee. Franchisor's got 42 days to to approve or not approve and they have to act reasonably okay. so yes you can always sell it yeah. you can't sell it to someone who the franchisor doesn't approve so the franchise like when you sign a lease um, yeah. and you transfer okay. your lease the landlord can ask for financials and information on that new person yeah because yeah. they want to make sure that they can well they're taking over they're your new business partner yeah so it's exactly the same here yeah. Yeah. Um, so you need to think about that so what's the term is it rolling you know yeah. can I just have it in perpetuity and then mm. you know mm. terminate by breach or by agreement yep. or do I want a fixed term the reason why lots of systems have fixed terms is so um, it gives the franchise all the opportunity to get the franchisee to sign a new agreement okay. which is th- because most business models evolve and so if you just have an agreement that rolls over 10 years ago there's a whole lot of stuff that look at now to 10 years ago look at now to 10 years ago what about like, the next 10 years yeah <laughs> 10 days things have changed here, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. yeah, so yeah, yeah. you just yeah. need to think so having a fixed term mm. And a process of renewal, the franchisee comes back, the franchisor says, yes, 
we're going to renew. Yeah. And here's the new agreement. It's substantially on the same terms, but I've just changed this, this, yeah. and this because these laws have changed yeah. or because... This has happened in the world. Well, yeah, this has happened in the world or things that I don't actually enforce, I've taken out. Oh, there you go. You know, so, yeah. you, know, yeah. to, you know, the unfair contracts terms laws came in a few years ago and that people just looked at their agreements and said, Is, do we need this? Is this mm. unfair mm. in mm. a business-to-business mm. contract? Yep. So let's take Let's it get out. rid of it. We don't need it. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, for, you know, if they were to say, okay, cool, this is me, I've got, they've gone for these 11 things and they're like, let's go. You know, any tips for ongoing? Like, even if you've got, if you've got franchisors listening now, like they're already set up, they're going, they're operating. Any tips for them, like just in general to run a good practice, like a good operation? I think um, all franchisors, like all business owners, need to be nimble and, and, and look at, and, critically look at their business model um, and see whether or not it fits the um, business world today. Yeah. So a lot of the problems that have occurred in franchising have been large franchise systems that haven't really evolved their model since the 80s or 90s. And so if if you've either bought an established franchise system or you're operating an established franchise system that's been trading, you need to reassess... How am I using technology? How am I interacting with my people? All of these yeah, sorts of yeah, things. How yeah. do I? How do my customers purchase my products? You know, how do I? How yeah. do I get supply? So that's definitely changed. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. So, yeah. so thinking about your business model more generally for yeah. an established system. If yeah. you're a a new franchisor and you're thinking about setting up your business, um, think about things like what needs to be in the agreement compared to what needs to be in the manual, and what can I change. Now, you can't unilaterally change um, material commercial things. You can't mm. just go, I'm just going to put all the fees in the manual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then when yeah. I change my mind tomorrow, I'm yeah. going to wake up and I'm going to increase all the fees. Correct. Yeah. That's not allowed. Yeah. But you can. Understandably. But yeah. there are systems and um, processes that you can put in your manual that might need to change because of the change in buying behaviors, technology, etc., etc. Et so just think about that. Technologies, obviously, what what's the best practice technology that's you know applicable in my system and yeah. how can I help my franchisees be more efficient yeah. and save time yeah. yeah so being constantly aware yeah. of what's in the market and can you change I know you can change your systems at any time really in a business but if you've got a franchisee agreement like what's the way like let's say hypothetically today we do things this way and tomorrow I come across a new platform and like this would just be so much better for what we do is it easy to then roll that out to all the franchisees like is that possible you need to change documents who's paying for it the franchisor <laughs> yes <laughs> there you go so yeah, yeah, it, yeah. so if you're going to you make go. the cool. franchise well it, not always so it's if the franchisor is paying for it yeah um, it's a lot easier totally um, if yeah. the franchisee is paying for it and it's a significant capital contribution to be able to change technology yeah. rebrand you yeah know, i'm going to change my branding yeah. whatever you're going to do yeah you just need to think about that okay. so um any decision about that's going to cost the franchisee money mm. you, you, you can't mandate that they all have you know the new as, bank, as apple of, computers because i don't tomorrow. like microsoft correct anymore. yeah as of tomorrow i need you going all buy two and a half grand on a mac yeah yeah it doesn't work doesn't work all right cool so if they've done all that and they're like, it's for me, we're going, I want to do this. Is it, do you, it's a bit of a silly question, but would you advise to have someone, I know on my journey, I can only speak from my experience. I'm so grateful that I had people there because I honestly thought it was a phone call. Hey, I'm thinking of franchise and let's make it happen. And it wasn't like that. There was so much more to think about and I'm, 
honestly glad that I had yourself and the team there because for me it was like 95% of the things I didn't even think about which we've covered now and it's become sort of common language for me but is it like is it I know you said earlier like you can write your own manuals and, and you know you can do it yourself or the ops manual whatever it is would you suggest that it's you know really important to go and get advice oh, it's, it's fundamental so it, it, like I said earlier on Australia is highly regulated in mm. a business environment so you know, it's very difficult for people to set up a business in as a franchise and not have someone in their corner that understands the regulation mm. and the compliance obligations that they're going to have. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that they understand the financial implications of what they're doing for themselves and for the other people. Yeah. So yeah. it's key to have a, an accountant who understands franchising, yeah. who can model, model both franchisee and franchisor profitability, cash flows, etc. Um, obviously, as a lawyer, it's really important to understand the compliance side and, and the legal implications of what you're doing and the legal structures that you're going to set up yeah. to protect yourself and your franchisees. Mm. Um, mm. And operationally, yeah. you know, under, someone who's done it before, yeah. who understands it and understands all the challenges that you're mm. going to have in mm. writing your manuals yeah. and doing your operations and recruiting and Absolutely. all of these things. I think, you know, those three things, which are the same three things that I said if, a fran- if someone's looking to buy a franchise, Correct. it's exactly the same thing a franchise or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. again, those key things will sort of determine on how... Again, you can't determine how, how successful someone will be. But I think longevity will come out of that. Like if you do things, like we said, like build the right foundations. You build the right foundations, your business can probably last through most challenges that you face and again bringing the right people on you'll be able to do incredible things together um, and I think most importantly you know correct me if I'm wrong or you know give me your opinion are franchisors more connected now to their franchisees than ever before um most most systems are yeah. I think that, um what they found is that the right franchising is about people and relationships yeah. and so it's really important. Just telling people what to do isn't great. Teenagers don't like to be told what to do. Franchisees don't yeah, like yeah, to be yeah. told what to do. Yeah, they like yeah. to collaborate and communicate and work together. And so totally. I think, you know, we're, we're going to have a whole new generation of franchisees yeah. at the moment. And um, totally. so I think it is about about those things. As a franchisor, it's not dissimilar to being a parent. You're being consistent and you're being transparent mm. of how you're making decisions. Mm. Mm. Well, even yeah. as an employer with employees, very similar journey that you're going to take them on. Uh, they just have a, like you said, some skin in the game. They're running a shop, a, a service, whatever it might look like yep. over there in that area, but they've got skin in the game, which is most important as well. Any last tips for anyone, you know, for on the franchising world? You know, listening or, or either franchisee or franchisor? I think franchising is a business model that's it's really... Um, a strong business model and it's been very successful over a number of years. So I think it's really important that, you know, if, if it is one of your considerations in thinking about business is to have a look at it, mm. despite the Banking Royal Commission and the franchising inquiry, mm. it's mm. still a, a really strong model. If you are going to get into it though, be educated and think, make Absolutely. sure you've got the right people around you and you're yep. getting the right advice. Yep. But that's the same for business generally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, looking at starting with why, why am I doing this? Totally. And I'm looking to grow. Yeah. yeah. 
is this why the right, franchising? Yeah, is is yeah. this the right model mm. to grow my business? Mm. And I think because of, and the conversation we had as well was because of the fees involved. Like, is franchising the right thing? Like, you don't want to do it just because it sounds good and spend all that money, and it's not the right thing. If you can get the same result with a different vehicle, then why not? Yeah, you know why not? Um, but again, ultimately, how can people find you? Because you know, for, even for me, again, I've taken another whole page of notes. I love it. Uh, I'm always learning and trying to take things in and, and how I can pivot my model too. But how can they find you like, if they wanted to get some tips or direction on, on franchising? Yeah, I'm fortunate um, to work at Blue Rock, which is a multidisciplinary firm. So yeah. whilst I handle the legal side of things, you know, and you know, my mobile phone number, 0402 and um, email address that Jamie can put on the thing. But yeah. I work really closely with some other entrepreneurs that help with the operational side of things. Awesome. I work with accountants that help with the financial side of things. I work with finance brokers that help fund franchise systems yeah. and get the capital. Yeah. I work with insurance brokers that help protect you yeah. for yeah. risks. So yeah. nice. all those sorts of things. So yeah. I think... Hence why we just why I decided to work with you guys. Yeah. Hence why I decided. So again, if you needed everything... If you need that one-stop shop, that's ultimately what they've created at Blue Rock. Um, and you've got it all there. And you mentioned some of the, the brands that you've had the opportunity to work with and still working with. So it's a, you know they've got the credibility to go with it too. Um, I'll make sure I put all the notes in there, all the details to contact you. Um, definitely do so. If, you, if you're thinking of franchising, just reach out to Bruce. Uh, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to have a chat um, and give you some, you know, some tips and some, and some strategies on if it's right, why, and, and where you go from there. But again, thank you so much for being on the show um, and for you as a listener thank you so much for listening in uh, like I said be sure to reach out to either of us with any questions you have uh, but until next time enjoy have a great day and we'll catch you on the next episode